Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marlitz. I hope everyone had a safe and enjoyable new year. Um, so we have a kind of a special announcement to make. Yeah, and James, I just want to see if you're ready to talk about it. Yeah, we are, Chris. Actually, it's going to be a nice little thing. Uh, I'm going to get back to Philadelphia next week, Wednesday the 10th, doing the show live at the Fox and the Hound uh, Sports Bar. Uh, actually, doing it, we are raffling off um, Super Bowl um, package, um, two tickets to the game, two travel air, three nights hotel, and access to all the players' parties. $25 raffle tickets. Uh, we'll be picking the winner January 31st. Nice little thing, you know, plus it'll be good to go back. I'm going to have um, Ron Moten with me to play with the Eagles middle linebacker out of Florida. He will be there with me live and doing it, and um, it's just going to be something good to get back to the kids. Yeah, so I understand that you're doing this as part of your nonprofit, Loving Tomorrow's Kids. Yes, and I'd definitely like to mention, you know, uh, I wouldn't be able to have done this if it wasn't for three people, you know, um, Q, Shan Bam, Shannon, and uh, Kaya. Uh, very um, lovely people that got me going, got me on the right track, so hats off to them. I'm running this organization, and, you know, uh, if it wasn't for them, this uh, nonprofit wouldn't be up and running, but so we want to say hats off to them. All right, so uh, so you're going to be in Philadelphia at the, at the Fox and the Hound on Wednesday, January 10th. Um, I, I, you're going to do the show live there, right, starting at 3 o'clock, correct? Yep, 3 o'clock. Uh, same time, you know, everywhere else, 2, Chicago time, Mountain, 1 o'clock. So you'll be listening and, you know, we'll talk football like we're going to do then, today. Exactly, and, and you'll be there uh, after the show. You'll be selling raffle tickets up until, what, until they, they close? Wow, that sounds like a good time. So everyone, Fox and the Hound is located uh, in Philadelphia. So anyone in the Philadelphia area or anyone knows anyone in the Philadelphia area, tell them to go down to Fox and the Hound. It's located at 1501 Spruce Spruce Street in Philadelphia. Um, I've looked it up. It's a lovely place. They have some really great great drink options. They've got some fabulous food. I wish I was going because then I'd probably gain about 20 pounds. Um, but this this is going to be good. This is going to be good. I, I look forward to you being out there, James. Yep, it'll be fun. Perfect. All right, so let's move on to today's show. Our guest today is Mark Slauson. Uh, I'm we're, so ready. We're, how, how are you today, Mark? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Awesome. Um. So, Mark, I, I know you love your college football, and I want you to know I sat and watched just about every bowl game there was, so we, we so I, I would be very knowledgeable in talking to you about awesome. this and asking you questions. So, Sweet. Well, I was right there with you, girl. Perfect. So, <laughs> let, let, let's get into it. Let, let's, yep. so before we talk about the, the two big bowls, let's talk about the Peach Bowl. You know, that was between Central Florida and Auburn. Oh, um, Central Florida ended up winning thirty-four to twenty-seven. Um, basically, it was it was they they had uh, two interceptions on Auburn, and one of them was for a touchdown. Um, 
the, 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 the notes that I wrote down about this was, you know, first of all, I was wondering why, why Auburn wasn't in the, in the top four, you know, when it came. And after this game, I know now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that yeah, really, they, really set, set precedent. They, um, they, they, faded, they faded a little, yeah, towards the end of the year, for sure. But, uh, yeah, it was a great game. It, it was. It was, it was. it was very close. But it came out saying that Auburn is definitely overrated due to the conference they play in. And Central Florida is underrated, very underrated. You know, they, they ended up um, an undefeated season. And, you know, the, and, this, and, and from what I understand, this is the first time, you know, that, that uh, a team has gone undefeated like that. Well, I mean, to, to make it even more impressive, that team was, was 0-12 two years ago. And uh, for them to 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 get to thirteen and zero after two years is really unreal. And uh, you know Scott Frost is their head coach, and uh, he now is uh, moving on to Nebraska. But I think really real classy move for him to stay with that team and uh, through the bowl game. And um, you know they they dominated that game really. I mean Chris, I know you watched it, um, but in the first half, I mean the the quarterback for C uh, for UCF was. You know, obviously, you could tell he was a little nervous and, and, you know, just couldn't get into a groove. But, man, I mean, there was three or four times when he had wide-open receivers, you know, just running by themselves and and, and just missed uh, missed some easy throws. I mean, they, they could have been up really big at the beginning of that game. And um, But, yeah, it was a great game. And, uh, you know, I challenge you a little bit on the Auburn being overrated. I mean, I think, you know, they did beat. Alabama this year, and they did beat Georgia this year, so they beat two of the four teams that are in the playoff. Um, but consistency-wise, you know, they've lost four games. So, I mean, you can't uh, say that they, you know, they certainly didn't deserve to be in the playoff. Um, but there was definitely talk that had they won the, the SEC championship game against Georgia, that, that they definitely would have gone. Uh, so, but yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the great games, uh, probably the most enjoyable one to watch. Uh, just to see kind of the the David versus Goliath situation, and for for UCF to come out on top after again just their fans having to endure a, a, an 0 12 season. I mean that's just brutal, um, and uh, for, for them to come back that quickly and get that program to that level is just a real testament to, to Scott Frost. And I think Nebraska fans have to be just, uh, and I know I've talked to a few of them, and they're extremely excited about having Scott Frost run their program. And, and it just seemed like, a, just from his interviews and everything, the guy just seems like a really down-to-earth kind of guy. And I think he's going to just be a perfect fit for, for that Midwestern feel that Nebraska has. And, you know, he's got a, a, a national championship under his belt when he played with, with Nebraska. So he's going to definitely want to get them to, to uh, prominence soon. And, and it's going to be really fun to watch, I think. You know, Nebraska's just been so down here for the last, you know, 10 years or so. And, uh, they, you know, college football is a much better enjoyable viewing experience when Nebraska is good. The stuff that they've been putting out on the field here of late has just been hard to watch for sure. Mark, I want to um, tell you one thing real quick. Um, yep. put, um, just some that you're going to see and what I hate, you know, like you say, UFC, they didn't, you know, lose the game. But watch next year, Auburn be ranked at the beginning over there, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. There's no doubt, man. 
<laughs> I know. It's, and, and so then they'll have to climb up over, yeah. you know, they're going to start off probably ranked like, you know, 20, 20 to 25 range or something like that. Right. And yeah. it's going to be impossible for them to, to get down to, you know, into the top four. Exactly. And I tell you, though, it does, you know, having that momentum from, from that big of a game on that big of a stage with as many people that watched it, I do think it's going to help their cause uh, going into next year. I know they have their quarterback coming back, and they've got a lot of their defensive guys coming back as well. Um, so they, you know, they're, they're definitely, I haven't looked at their schedule too closely for next year. Uh, that's always going to be the sticking point with the committee. But, uh, yeah, they'll, they're going to open some eyes. I think they opened some eyes with that, that win, and, you know, they'll be on people's radar. But, yeah, you're right. There's, there's zero chance that they'll be ranked above Auburn in the preseason polls. And uh, they, they really did dominate that game. I mean, that was, uh, it was a close score, but uh, they, they severely outplayed Auburn. Yep. Yes. Yes, they did. And yeah, uh, did you guys see that the the linebacker that was running around there for UCF, the the guy who uh, Shaquille Griffith, I think is his name, the guy who just had the the one hand, um, he had like a birth defect. Um, yes, Mike, I don't know if I've ever seen a more uh, inspirational game from anyone. I mean, that was just it was really amazing. That guy was just running all over the place and just making plays left and right, and um, he really kind uh, of you know, um, really gave the, the uh, Auburn offense all they could handle, and he was just getting through through the line left and right, and uh, it, was, it was a pretty amazing performance by him. That's good to well, see all, that. All I can know. say is Central, Central Florida, basically, they, they, they executed their plays, and they, they, were, they were ready for the game. It looked to me like Auburn, especially in the first half, was just kind of running around, I'm trying to be like, okay, what do we do now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, those games are tricky. You know, Auburn had aspirations of winning a national title. They, you know, they went into the to the SEC championship knowing if they would have won that game, then they would have been playing in the in the final four. So you know, it's there's a letdown factor for sure, and and you know that UCF was just delighted to be playing in front of that many fans on that big of a stage. So, you know, that's that's part of the deal. I mean, it's um, it's just the emotions of college football. It it, it, uh, it it happens all the time. Teams that want to be there, you know, play to their ability. And teams that don't want to be there sometimes are a little lackluster. I think there's a little bit of that in this game. But uh, you, you got to give 100% credit to DCF for, for taking down Auburn. I was just really absolutely. Well, you know what? We're, we're gonna take we're gonna take a break when we come back. Uh, we'll finish talking up a little bit about the people, and then we'll move on to the Rose Bowl. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. 
Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwood. And as always, we, we have James Loving with us. You know, James is always... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's always good when you and I can, can figure out what's, what's going on, <laughs> especially when it comes to college football. You, you know, that's funny you said that. I was just about to say that because I hate college football. I mean, I don't hate it like that. I just don't watch. But, you know, when we get to talking to Mark, it's like, man, you know, I'm missing things, you know? Exactly. But, you know, I, didn't watch, me I didn't watch that game. And the way Mark, you know, talk about it, you know, I wish I would because I like games like that. But... You know, mm-hmm. if one guy, no, oh, I got to watch what I say, right, Mark? Won it by himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, something like that right. you want to see, you know. So, hats off to that that guy. Yep. The linebacker. Perfect. So. Yep. And, and as always, our guest today is Mark Slauson. Mark, I love having you on. love calling, talking, hearing, hearing your insights on college football. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm ready to rock and roll. Perfect. So about about so let, let's let's finish up about the Peach Bowl. Um, what, one one thing I read today, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but Central Florida, um, their program decided to claim the national championship, and they played placed a championship banner inside their stadium, recognizing their undefeated season. Um, but they've also gone on their Twitter page and changed the display name to 2017 National Champion. Um, oh boy! Do you think that the that the the, the <laughs> college powers that may be are going to come in and make them change all that? I doubt it. I mean, th- honestly, that's it's over the over the years that happens all the time. I mean, honestly, there's a you know Texas A and M is, is a prime example of this. They had they won one national championship in 1939, and not too long ago, like five years ago or so when they moved to the SEC, they all of a sudden started claiming like two other national championships from like 1910 and like 19, you know, 22 or something. Um, so it, it happens. I mean, it, there's every college kind of has a different 
version of how many actual national titles they have. They used to have, back in the day, there was, like, so many different polling people that would do it. There would be, like, you know, the Sears and Roebuck, you know, champion, and there's, like, all this other stuff, just random things. Uh, so there was, like, you know, 10 different kind of national champions crowned in different years. It's kind of silly. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's a little goofy to me. I mean, let's, I mean, I... Do they deserve to be in the in the conversation? I would say yes, for sure they do. But um, you know that to, to just go on and claim your own national championship, I think is, is a little little goofy. Um, but you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. I guess it's not hurting anyone. I don't see the NCAA like cracking down on them or anything. They'll probably just let them let them fly their banner and and move along. Nothing to see here, kind of thing. Well, I'm back in the days. Think how they want to think. I remember back in the yep. days, Martin Christian, um, BYU used to be always one winning national championship. Am I right? They were right. the powerhouse um, back then. Mm-hmm. Well, but they, 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 yeah. they were also like a sem- semi-pro team because they were a couple of years older than most most of the football and the basketball players because they, they'd be able to go and do their mission, you know, for a couple of years and they'd be able to work out and get stronger and be more yeah. mature. I think and, it, and that, uh, I think it was 1984, maybe. I think BYU claimed a national championship. I, it could have been though. I think at that time it was the AP and the UPI was kind of two competing press yeah. organizations, and I think one of them anointed BYU as their champion, and the other one was another school. I can't remember which other school, but you know, it, for you know the recent history, you know, from the 60s on, there's really no debate uh there's usually two there was two kind of champions and generally they both of those organizations ended with uh, you know having the same team as the champion but uh yeah there's i, I don't think there's anyone that's gonna recognize this ucf championship uh they, they might get a couple of votes from from ap writers you know just kind of as a not a not really a protest but just kind of like a you know hey nice job guys you were undefeated uh, they're going to be the only team to to lay that claim. So yeah, it's uh, but yeah, I don't I don't see this one going too far. Uh, there's they're definitely not going to be um, nobody other than them is going to recognize them as the champs. All right, well let, let's move on to the Rose Bowl, Georgia versus Oklahoma, where the Indian score after double overtime, Georgia fifty four, Oklahoma forty eight. Um. Again, to me, it was it was a difference of quarters. You know, the first and second quarter, you know, first half was pretty much dominated by Oklahoma. I mean, he was unstoppable at Mayfield. He he had the ball, he was scoring. You know, either mostly touchdowns, a field goal in there that they were able to get. It was it, Georgia had a tough time with them in the first half. The third quarter, you know, they came out at, half, at, at halftime. Georgia had their number. You know, they the defense stepped in. Georgia defense is, is, is what, you know, overcame Oklahoma, did what they need to do, stopped them. And it turned into a really good game. And, and when they got to the end of the game and they were tied up, I was like, at that point, I didn't care who won. Because it was, to me, it was a good game. And that, that's what yeah. you want. Absolutely. That, yeah, I think that has definitely been the best bowl game so far. And uh, credit Oklahoma for the game plan that they had to start the game, and that was just unreal. They were scoring at will. I think they had five possessions, 
scored four touchdowns and had one field goal on their five possessions. It was just unreal. It didn't look like they were going to be able to uh, be stopped. And then, um, you know, the, the turning point, one of the turning points, I think, was that just right there at the end of the half, you know, OU scored on that pass to Baker Mayfield. It looked like, I mean, they had all the momentum in the world. They'd gone up 31-14, to 14, and it just looked like it was going to be a complete blowout. Uh, and then they they go up, and, you know, to, to kick off, and they do that swift kick that goes like 10 yards, uh, gives Georgia a chance uh, to, to put some points on the board. And, you know, they capitalize. They, you know, get a, like a 15-yard pass in field goal range, and then their, that Georgia kicker blasted that 55-yarder right yeah. there at the end of the half. And, and I mean, psychologically, going into the second half, when you're when you're down two scores versus three scores, I think is a pretty big deal. And I mean, especially considering that OU was going to get the ball in the second half. Uh, so you know, the other turning point I think was just them was Georgia just being able to stop OU on that first drive because uh, they hadn't stopped them yet uh, all game, and uh, for them to, to to stop them cold and and uh, you know, I think it was a three and out and get the ball right back, um, you know, because Oklahoma didn't have a, you know, they they were having a really hard time stopping Georgia on on defense. Um, they're, you know, those guys were running crazy, the, the running backs for Georgia were. And uh, so, yeah, that was, a, that was just a huge momentum shift. I think those two possessions really kind of changed the whole uh, feel of that game. And, uh, you know, Georgia went down, scored a touchdown, and, and then, you know, when you're within seven points of a team, at that point it's anybody's game, and, you know, I think it gives the, some juice to their defense and, you know, just the belief that they could come back and win that game. Uh, that was that was huge, and uh, and they did just that. And, you know, you got to credit Mel Tucker, the defensive coordinator for Georgia. He's He's been kind of a maligned guy. I was looking him up, and... It, he was the, the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator when, when their defense was just absurdly bad. And uh, he's really been kind of, he was, you know, he was an NFL coordinator, but he was always kind of in the bottom third of uh, the defensive rankings. Uh, but for him to, to come out and, and really make adjustments against OU and start getting pressure on Mayfield, uh, it was just it was an amazing momentum turn. It really was. You, you rarely see a game with that. You know, such a, a stark contrast between between halves and just between possessions. And it was uh, it was really an amazing game, and and yeah, it came down obviously to to the wire. And and you know, the the thing that that kind of gets overlooked, I think, in this game was really the special teams from OU was was really bad, and and Georgia's special teams was really good. And you know, the the punter from Georgia kept pinning them deep in their own territory. Uh, whereas OU's punter was just—he was really uh, putting up some ducks there that were, you know, going out of bounds after like 25 yards and, and putting Georgia in good field position. And then again, you know, the the, the onside kick that was just a complete fail, and then they got that uh, that kick blocked in overtime that that really sealed the deal for for Georgia to, to score their touchdown and win the game. So I really think that that was overlooked a little bit, but that the special teams from from OU was was pretty atrocious, and 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 credit credit uh, Georgia for for really having a, a solid special teams game. Right, right. Mark, let me let me ask you this, Mark. 
was that a, a, a how do I say it? Was that game um, executed real good, or was it poorly defense on both teams? You know, fifty some points. I ain't playing defense, right? Yeah. So which one you, you think know, it was? You, you, I mean, I think that that it, it's really interesting because I think that you know Mike Stoops is the defensive coordinator for OU, and he's had a really bad season. Uh, part of it is just the Big Twelve has some really exceptional offensive teams, and they're hard to stop. And that's just it is what it is. But they couldn't stop anything. And, and for a team to run as much as they did, as, as Georgia did, and those guys were averaging like 15 yards a carry between them, between Sony Michelle and, and, and Chubb. And so, but getting back to that, so, you know, Bob Stoops was a, was their head coach last year and retired in the off season and handed the keys to, to Lincoln Riley uh, with, you know, his brother as the defensive coordinator. And that's going to be a really awkward situation to address for, for Lincoln Riley. But you're just going to, I mean, it's pretty obvious that, that Mike Stoops needs to be replaced as their defensive coordinator. But uh, it's going to take some cojones by him to, to, to fire him and move on. I think if I had to venture to guess, I would say that I, I, I could see Mike Stoops stepping down in that role to, to, to make that situation a little more tenable for for uh, for Lincoln Riley, but what a what a odd, awkward confluence of events that you know puts him in a position where you know he might have to to fire Stoops' brother. Uh, but um, getting back to uh, James, to uh, you know, I think I don't think uh, OU had a very good scheme, you know, all all game long. I mean, they were just. Again, Georgia was just running chunk yardage every time they ran the ball. Uh, I'm surprised like they didn't run it more. Uh, refrigerator. What's that? <laughs> you know what? It's like pineapple with refrigerator. Oh, like fridge? Yeah, oh, pineapple. boy. Yeah. You, know, you know what? We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, let's finish talking, talking about the Rose Bowl, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, um, Mayfield, and uh, then we'll start talking about the Sugar Bowl. So we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play by play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday 
at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz. Uh, so, James, you know what? Let, let, let's talk again about what you're doing next Wednesday and how people can contact you and what's what's happening. I'm going to Philly, do the show live on the 10th. I'll be wrapping our Super Bowl package. Um, get a hold of me at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Um, actually, and then you get a hold of me at 623 Eight eight six one. Oh, I can't remember. I'll get the number though. But <laughs> but yeah, uh, we'll be out there. You know, just follow you on the show next week, and uh, we'll have everything that you need. Here we go. Six two three six eight 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 one six seven. That's six two three six eight 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 one six seven. So again, he's going to be in Philadelphia on the tenth of January at Fox and the Hound, 1501 Spruce Street, doing the show live. And after the show, he's going to be selling raffle tickets, $25 a ticket, or I believe you, I believe you said you sell five for $100. Five for you get a free ticket if you, do, if you buy five. That's always a nice little bonus. More the merrier. Um, and he's going to be there until they close. So anybody in the Philadelphia area, anybody who has family, anyone who's going to, going to go there, Please stop by. You know, please please support because the the money is going to go to James's nonprofit, Loving Tomorrow's Kids. All right, yep. so Mark, uh, again, it's always good good to, to to hear your perspective on things, even though it's my perspective too on stuff. Absolutely, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Um, no, definitely not. So, so yeah, it, that, that game turned out to be a really, really good one. Um, but the one thing I, I'm, I'm walking away from is Baker Mayfield, you know, the quarterback for Oklahoma. You know, I, 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 I haven't really liked him, but I also haven't really watched him too much this season until, until this past weekend. He can throw a ball. He can sling a ball. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he, he has an arm, like no, no one's business, so... He'll do well. However, his personality and things that he's done this past season, he, he, he can't step in, in the state of Arkansas without being arrested. We know that. <laughs> and and right. in some ways, he, he reminds me of, of um, Mansfield. Um, Johnny Manziel. Manziel. Johnny Manziel, you know, where he, yep. he does things and doesn't think that he has repercussions for things that he's, he's done. And, and that way, it's, 
it's it, it, things like that, that that I don't care for him. Chris, let me yeah. let me say something, and I won't get Mark. What you said, Chris, I felt the same way. You know, you look at these players, and like say Manziel and all like that, and Beckham Mayfield, we hate them. Like, man, we don't like you know. But you gotta applaud what they do. I mean, they get the. I mean, it's almost like when we said we was hating Lonzo Ball for another reason, you know. But uh, what you saying, Chris? He still is can sling, play that football, and that's what you want. My question, to you, uh, Mark and Chris. I mean, y'all tell me. We look at Baker Mayfield, what he did in that, but why is he rated below Josh Allen from Wyoming? You know, I don't see Josh Allen and his teammates like Baker Mayfield and get him going. You know, so why is it we look at him because what he did and got in trouble? You know. You know, Mark, yeah, I Chris? think that's part of it, James. I mean, I think, you know, if you look back at the quarterbacks that have been, well, size is the big issue because he's 6'1", you know, in, a, in stilettos. You know, he's, he's not a tall guy. And he's, so it, when you think about the guys that have been successful in the NFL that are his size, it, it, there's a very, very short list. You know, Fran Tarkington. Um, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees. And I just think that those guys, uh, the other guys that are mentioned that were successful at that height, seem a lot more emotionally mature than, than Baker does. And he just, God, I don't know, Jay, I, I just, I feel like he, more so than anyone, just has bust written all over him uh, because of his, his personality. And you know what? Honestly, like, yeah, the, fir- the first part of that game, he was unstoppable. And he also had, look, OU has a great offensive line, one of the best O-line in America. And, yeah, he had to replace a lot of his skill position players this year. But, I mean, OU, I mean, they, you know, they wake up with five-star guys at wide receiver and, and running back. So that's never going to be an issue there. And, I mean, in that first half, he had he had a beautiful open pocket where he was just, Picking, picking apart that defense. He had, you know, six, seven seconds uh, to make his read and to, you know, I mean, he was going second, third read, and he was wonderful. He played, you know, incredible. But then in the second half, uh, you know, Georgia made some adjustments. They started putting pressure on him, and he was a whole different player that second half. And that's with any quarterback. I mean, let's face facts, no quarterback really – is uh, going to love pressure in their face and a dirty pocket and all that. But I think that really kind of exemplified what he's going to be looking at in the NFL with, uh, uh, you know, with his size and with putting pressure on him and he's, you know, six, seven guys running after him. I just, I don't, I don't know. I just have a feeling it's not going to work. And, it, you know, your boy uh, Allen at, uh, at Wyoming, <coughs> he, um, I don't know. He's what six five, six six. Yeah, he played for Wyoming, and and you know it's it's a good program, and and they didn't have that great of a year, honestly. Um, but I think he's got you know just the arm and the size and some of the intangibles to be a really good quarterback. Um, I don't know, man. I just I, I feel like Mayfield's going to be a bust, and I think it's it's going to be along the lines of, of Manziel. And I just, I don't know, like, the NFL quarterback, you really have to be a mature man. I mean, you're, you know, these guys are around you, are relying on you for, 
you know, to make money for their families and everything else. And if you have a guy that has kind of the reputation that he has already and, I mean, just give him a few million dollars and see what level of, you know, jackassery that guy can can uh, aspire to. I just, I don't know. I don't see it working out. And um, I, I just, uh, Alan, I'm not overly sold on either, but uh, I would, I'd take him over Mayfield in a heartbeat, personally. <laughs> well, <clears throat> all right. So let's move on to the Sugar Bowl. Or, or the boring bowl, if we want to call it. So the final score was Alabama 24, Clemson 6. And then <laughs> that game was basically... So, so, yeah, we've talked about this. This is the third year in a row that they've played each other. Um, the, 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 and they were, they were tied 1-1. One one, so it came down to, you know, who the better team was. Um, and you got to hand the whole thing on to Alabama. You know, their defense came to play... They they were just dominant all over the place. Plus plus the the one thing I will say has to do with Clemson quarterback. You know, last year they had Deshaun Watson. This year they had Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant is no Deshaun Watson at all. So that that that's what I got to say about the game. Very boring. Oh. Oh, yeah, that was that was a boring game. You know, and in, in in retrospect, looking back, I mean, in hindsight. It seems like, oh, man, Alabama was kind of the obvious pick just with, you know, they had Jalen Hurts coming back, uh, who was a really top-line quarterback as far as just managing the offense and, and getting them in good situations, getting those tough third-down runs, and, and, you know, they are just effective enough offensively to make, make it work. And then, you you know, their defense is just, you know, obviously top line. It looks like they could step in and play in the NFL uh, without any problem. Yeah, I was a little disappointed, uh, you know, just in the way that Clemson played. Obviously, they they kind of laid an egg. It's very reminiscent of last year when Clemson beat OU. Or I'm sorry, when Clemson, well, who did they beat? Oh, when they beat Ohio State. I'm sorry, Clemson beat Ohio State uh, just in a lopsided affair and and also the Alabama when they beat Michigan State a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, just non-competitive, uh, and I just really didn't see that coming. But, gosh, if you contrast again, like you said, Chris, Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. and his stats, you know, when you compare him to, to Bryant's stats, and, and just not to – and that's just his statistics, but when you also include the intangible stuff, just the leadership and, uh, you know – Deshaun Watson obviously proved uh, very quickly in the NFL that he's an NFL-type quarterback. And, yeah, it's a, it's a lot to put on the shoulders of, of Brian. I mean, he's a freshman, and yeah, that's a huge stage to, to be um, playing under. But, um, yeah, that was – I think you're right. I think that was the, the prevailing difference between uh, between last year and this year's game. Just they, they couldn't get anything going on on their offense. And Bama just looked like they were – rested and angry and uh, they just really uh, was kind of Bama of old. I think they've been, you know, off a, a little bit this year, but yeah, that, that was, uh, that was a very convincing win. And, um, you know, you gotta, gotta give your hats off to them. Their defense just played lights out and uh, their offense did just enough to score a few times and that's all they needed. Right. Cool. But you know what? 
let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, this game, and then we'll move on to uh, the college championship uh, playoff game. So we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwood. Um, We have James and Mark and... James, uh, you know, you're, you're probably lucky you did not watch the Sugar Bowl game. You're probably lucky that you, you were too busy to watch that because I don't think you'd have sat through it like Mark and I did. You know what's funny is I feel bad because when Mark on here, you know, he's teaching me so much. It's like, you know, man, I should have watched it. You know, to see these different things, you know. You know, what he's saying to me about the quarterback, you know, I understand now, you know. I see why Josh Allen and, you know, so, you know, I feel bad, but – I'm going to start watching it now, you know. Mark, I'm going to go at it with you. I'm going to go at it with you. Do you Mark, do you believe him? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know James too well. Uh, it, it, yeah, that was, that was a snooze fest. That was uh, probably, uh, it was good that they showed that the Rose Bowl was on first. You know, like, basically the whole country got to see that game. I know some of the East Coasters, I think it's pretty late by the time the, the second game ends. And uh, I personally, I was getting ready to, to snooze before the end of that game. Um, so I can't imagine two hours later on the East Coast, they, they probably, there's probably a lot of TV sets turned off before the end of that one because it was pretty obvious that, uh, that Clemson was was not right for the challenge and they just, uh, gosh, could not get anything going. It was really a frustrating uh, watch if you were rooting for Clemson. And, um, but, uh, you know, credit to Alabama. They, they played lights out, and they deserve to, to win that game for sure. But that's yeah, what did. I'm talking about, Mark. My point that 
um, these games, you know, they put Alabama on, and, you know, they always get this, the, the top games are like that to be on TV and watching, and that was boring as hell. We could have watched Garbage Can State play, you know, better game, but the, the, all yeah. these big schools, and like I was, my point, like, Auburn be rank higher than, you know, Central Florida. You know, that's the type of stuff that I don't like. That's why I don't like watching college because they always get an Alabama, the um, Oklahoma, the the top, you know? Yeah, I know there's, you know, five or six teams right now that seem like they are uh, kind of on another level uh, as everybody else. And it, it, is, it is frustrating a bit. You know, the, the seasons are, are really, it seems like they go by so fast. You know, I look forward to it, you know, for a long time. And then it's just like, oh, great. You know, now I get to watch Alabama and Georgia playing the national championship game. Wonderful. You know, um, and it's, uh, but it's just, yeah, I mean, you got to give them credit. And, heck, I mean, Savings obviously runs a extremely successful program. He's, you know, they have the best coaches, they have the best facilities, they get the best players. And it's not, a, it's definitely not an equitable situation in college football. Um, but it also, that's what makes it great because I think it leads to those situations where you have the, you know, the, Samson versus Goliath kind of matchup, and you have somebody like UCF that, that beats, you know, Auburn, yeah. a, a team that's, you know, a top 10 type program. So, um, but yeah, when it when it comes down to the very end and the, and the final four, it, it is kind of like the same old song every year, and Bama's a part of it. And, uh, yep, I think they've been in six of the last nine national championship games, so. Um, I think there's a lot of Alabama fatigue for college football viewers and people that are passionate about it that aren't Alabama fans. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you, you get the root against them, which is always nice. But this year is, is not so great because there's two SEC teams. So <laughs> it's a guaranteed, a guaranteed SEC team winning winning it all and, and uh Another year you get to hear from SEC fans about how, how much better their football is than everybody else's. So, look forward to yep. that. Well, let's move on and talk about it. So, we're going to have an all-SEC college football playoff title game between Alabama and Georgia. You know, and, and mm-hmm. so when, when the four semifinal teams were announced, th- this did kind of make me worried that this could happen, and it's happened. You know, but mm-hmm. I guess the best teams won. Um, yep. Well, what they're saying is, what I hear is that Alabama's favored over Georgia, um, yep. but Georgia fans are buying up ticket prices, you know, or buying up tickets, you know, fast and furious, and and, and making the ticket prices just go up <laughs> sky high. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, so Mark yeah. and James, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm putting both both your feet to the fire. I want to know who's going to win. Who who do you think is going to win? I mean, I I always pick against Alabama, and I always lose. So, um, well, why not uh, try it again? I'll go Georgia. Like, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the game is in Atlanta, uh, which is about uh, I don't know seventy miles or so, I guess, from the campus of, of uh, University of Georgia, and they they have a rabid fan base. They're going to be absolutely jacked up for that game. I mean, it'll probably be a you know seventy thirty split there in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Arena. And, uh, you know, I could just see them getting the momentum. I mean, they 
it, it's hard to, I mean, after what they went through in that semifinal game, you know, to be down that way and to, to kind of look like everything was going to be ripped away from you and to come back and win in, in the fashion that they did, uh, it's hard for me to believe that they're not going to be at their best uh, against Bama. And, you know, they are an SEC team, and, they, and so, they, you know, they play a certain way. They play, you know, they have physical line linemen. And, you know, Alabama on offense, they don't really do anything to scare you all that much. Um, it's going to, you know, I'm, I'm certain it's going to be a low-scoring game. I, I like, you know, obviously Georgia has two world-class running backs uh, with Michelle and, and Chubb, um, but they have a, they have a freshman quarterback too. Uh, so it's going to be difficult for them, I think, to, to move the ball and score. Uh, again, special teams, you know, both teams actually have a really good special team, so I think that might be a, a wash. Um, but, you know, I can't see either team really just having a wide gap uh, as far as the scoring goes. I do think it's going to be a close uh, close game, and, you know, I'm, I guess, maybe putting my fan hat on, uh, hoping that Georgia wins the game. Uh, but I do, I do think that there's a path for them um, if they get everything kind of bouncing right. And, you know, again, I think it's going to be really similar to a home, home crowd for them uh, there in Atlanta. And, um, you know, they haven't won a national championship since 1980. So they are, you know, everybody uh, who's associated with that Georgia program um, is going to want to go to that game. And like you said, the ticket prices are astronomically high. Uh, because of that fact. Um, but this is kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing uh, for them, and, and to have it right there in your own backyard, uh, it's going to be really cool cool to see uh, the, the fan support for them. And, um, yeah, I mean, why not? Let's, you know, their quarterback, he doesn't play like a freshman. Brom is a, he's a heck of a player. And, uh, you know, he made some really good throws in that game um, against OU. And, again, just I think the confidence that they have coming back from that, deficit against OU, um, it has to, has to play into it. I really feel like they're going to be super pumped up and, and, you know, just kind of feel like they're almost a team of destiny. Um, but again, you know, I always, I always feel like teams have a chance against Bama and then they completely prove me wrong. So, um, it'll probably end up being like Bama 21, Georgia nothing. Hmm. Wow. James, do you, do you, even though you haven't watched any of them, do you want to put put your uh, your your stamp out there? You know what? Even though you know what Mark said, you know I agree with everything. But the only thing is, is uh, one Alabama shouldn't even been in it. So, but they in it, you know. And that's gonna be one of those games. I think it'll be a really good game. It's gonna go down the wire, and I think just by Alabama always there, and you know, coaches the suspense. They're going to pull it out some way, you know. Well, I wish Georgia would win it, but, you know, Alabama just, they get these breaks and, you know, they take advantage of them. And they win right. and they keep winning and they keep winning, you know. So, yeah. I, I just and think it's going to be you, high. Georgia is, is in, on the rise incredibly high. They yeah. have the number one recruiting class right now uh, lined up for 2018. Kirby Smart. You know he's a he's a heck of a coach, and I you know I think the time that he spent with Saban, kind of molding his program after him, uh, has really paid dividends. And the, the Atlanta, uh, just the, the state of Georgia, the amount of of amazing athletes that that uh, part of the country produces every year, 
uh, is, is amazing, and they just haven't been able to, to capture those guys, keep them in Georgia. Uh, but it seems like Kirby Smart is definitely on track to, to really get those guys to, to, to come to, to Georgia, and uh, they're, they're, they've got a juggernaut that they're building there, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, as they uh, recruit against Alabama and Clemson and some of those other schools, uh, they, this little run that they're on, and if they can win the national championship, I mean, that's going to be just an enormous swing of momentum for that school, and, and they're going to be, um, I think, set up for, for many years to come. So it'll be, yeah. it'll be one to watch. Well, well, Mark, um, just want to say thank you for being on. Um, before I, I let you, you go, I want to remind our listeners, James is going to be in Philadelphia next Wednesday for the show live at the Fox and the Hound in Philadelphia, 1501 Spruce Street, um, starting at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 o'clock Central, 1 o'clock Mountain Time, and, of course, noon out on the Pacific Coast. So yep, we're gonna, after, after the show's over with, he has raffle tickets to sell, $25 individual, Five for ten, five for a hundred dollars. Um, the winner is gonna. The winner is uh, gonna be drawn the thirty first of January. Is that correct, James? Yeah. Okay, so thirty first January, the winner is gonna be picked. They're gonna have uh, a trip for two to Minnesota for the Super Bowl. Uh, round trip airfare, three nights hotel, two day, two of course, two Super Bowl tickets, and then all these additional uh, bonuses that they have. Please go out and support him. This is in, in, in regards to his nonprofit, Loving Tomorrow's Kids. We hope to see everyone there. Hope to hear, hear everyone. Um, it's going to be a great time. So please uh, contact him at what email address, James? LovingMathSportsTalk at Yahoo.com. Or phone, his phone number is 623-688-8167. Have a Thanks great weekend, everyone. On, we'll be back live. I'm sorry, James. I'm telling Mark, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Mark. Have fun at your event. That's awesome. Thank you. Yep, yep. We'll be back live next week in Philadelphia. Hope everyone can listen. Have a great week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.